Hello, everyone. This is Bob Siriani, the Program Director and Chair in the Department of Speech-Language Pathology at Salis University. I'm really excited to bring a new series to um, uh, our platform this semester uh, as we launch a brand new program geared towards uh, students that are interested in coming to the field but are missing their prerequisite courses to enter a graduate school or are interested in working in our field uh, but want to fill the role of an assistant, of a speech language pathology assistant. Um, and through this series, really hope to um, give you some insight into the participants in our post-baccalaureate SLPA program here at Salus. So today I'm joined by one of our adjunct faculty members who's had the opportunity to teach uh, coursework in the post-bac program. Um, I'd like to introduce you to John Rose. And um, John's gonna, uh, John and I are gonna have a little bit of a conversation about what his, his experiences were like um, as he worked through the first year of the post-bac program. So welcome, John, glad to uh, have you join us. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Um, I, I always like our listeners to sort of have some perspective. Can you tell us a little bit about why you became an SLP and, you know, what are some of the things you've accomplished in your professional background? Sure. Um, so when I first started college, um, I was actually a theater major and, um, you know, at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know if theater is exactly right for me right off the bat. And one of my friends said, oh, well, you know, I went to Clarion University, but one of my friends said, oh, the speech pathology department's really good. Um, you know, and I first said, oh, well, let me try a class. And I ended up really falling in love. I took um, communication sciences and disorders, and I really fell in love with the class and the curriculum um, and really just wanted to learn more. So, uh, a lot of the at that point, I also decided to really add theater and speech pathology into um, my work and just my growth as a clinician. Um, and so there were different activities and different uh, studies that I did that tried to coincide with theater and speech pathology, you know, like standardized patients, uh, you know, for people that had um, stuttering disorders or that had aphasia. So that's just an example. Um, and it really took off there, especially um, whenever I went out into the field, I kind of took went away from the theater component and really just started focusing on um, a lot of pediatrics and kind of turning a little bit. At first, I thought I wanted to work with adults, but then really thinking like, oh, well, this is actually really cool, just what I can do and how I can interact. And I ended up working um, in the Philadelphia area, Philly suburbs area at first. Um, and I really love that. I fell in love with um, the, you know, agency that I worked with. Uh, the pandemic kind of threw a loop into everything, of <laughs> course. And that, you know, that was good and bad, good, uh, you know, bad just because of the change, but then good where I learned a lot more with, um, you know, more of the Western part of the state and the central part of the state. So I learned really a lot of the, you know, urban, suburban, and rural components. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, I think the other thing is having people to help has been really beneficial as a speech pathologist. And I think that's what's pushed me forward too. So just sorry if that was too long, just a little. <laughs> no, I know. I appreciate your background because I think um, people that are interested in the post-baccalaureate program um, 
come to us because of other career aspirations or other studies that right. either their university didn't have the the required coursework or they tried a profession, tried a major, it it wasn't their their calling uh, as they started to work and um, Salas's program really speaks to them. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing. I know that you work um, in the school district. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, right now I'm working for uh, a school district in uh, Adams County, more rural Pennsylvania, a small school district, um, very rural. So it's a lot of um, a lot uh, very different from working in the Philadelphia or suburb suburbs of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the majority of my caseload is um, articulation um, with the age group I work with, which is um, kindergarten to third grade. Mm -hmm. I've worked in multiple grades, high school, middle school, you know, four through six. Um, so, however, right now, that's really what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I also do, I also have a life skills classroom where that is a lot of um, AAC. So a lot of uh, devices that we use mm -hmm. for communication, picture exchange, everything like that. Um, and then I also, um, you know, as Salas needs, I, I also help out in whatever way, shape or form, mm -hmm. because I've, I love working for Salas, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that uh, that's been a, a very, very helpful thing also in this job because I hear other professionals and even graduate students say like, well, I'm trying this. And I'm like, I think I'm going to try that too, yeah. <laughs> too and see how that goes. So that's been really good. So yeah, that's, that's really where I'm at right now. Um, it's been, it's been fun so far. Um, very fun. We, um, yeah, we've had the opportunity to work with you here on campus as a supervisor, as a professor. Um, and I think that that was, um, as you worked in the master's program, that was one of the reasons why um, we reached out to you to teach in the post-baccalaureate program. Um, what what interested you in um, the sort of the teaching and supervision aspects of, of being part of an academic team? Well, I think one of the things that I've noticed is um, the one thing that I love more than actually treating and assessing speech and language disorders in my profession is actually talking about it. I could talk about it for hours upon hours upon hours. I absolutely love um, giving advice uh, to people if they ask for my advice. And that, that was something that always made me feel happy. So, um, you know, at first I was connected with another uh clinical educator from Salas that said, you should really try this because, you know, I said, wow, I just really love talking about it. And at first it was more so with teachers and uh, paraprofessionals, um, instructional assistants, um, and other professionals such as OT, PT, um, you know, any uh, hearing teachers, teachers for the hearing impaired. Um, so that really started off with just saying like, wow, I really love talking about speech and language disorders. So whenever I did get a chance to work with Salas as a clinical educator, that just blossomed even more because you're working with graduate students. And I love working with the graduate students too, because they are so, um, they, number one, they're so enticed by what you have to say as a professional. And you're like, 
you're like, oh, wow, they're really listening to me. So sometimes as communicate, when you work with communication, you're like, and speech and language disorders, you don't know if the client's necessarily listening to you all the time. Mm -hmm. But with the graduate students, you're like, oh, wow, they're really listening to me and soaking up everything. This is really cool. Um, you know, and I think that was one thing that really started me, started my interest. And then when I did start teaching more of um, the classes, such as uh, phonology, phonetics and phonology, I, again, I fell in love with it even more because you really started learning more about the, um, not only the way to tell the students about the information, but also to really test them in different ways mm -hmm. and to really look at like, you know, for example, were they able to gain this skill set, um, you know, as such as what you would do with your clients, but this is at the level of more of a class. So, I mean, just seeing, do they gain that skill set? Do they gain that experience? Mm -hmm. um, are they going to feel comfortable if somebody asks them this question? And if they don't know it, do you, did you give them the resources to go look at what the answer could be? I just really loved that. And I really loved the ability to refer back to other professionals in the past and really just hone in on my knowledge as well, because as you know, as a professional, you're all you're always learning. So there's always new stuff. Uh, there's new things to learn in the actual classes as the instructor too. So I just, you know, keeping your mind, as we know with cognition, keeping your mind active is always healthy. And it's like, that's one of the things that really helps me is just like being able to talk about it and then being able to see the improvement and the students being able to say, oh, I got that. Okay. That makes sense. You know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that, how, it, what brought me into that, that realm. John, our listeners are not going to be um, lacking in understanding that you absolutely have a passion for the field of speech pathology. And I think that's really one of the reasons why we approached you as we were launching the post back to be one of the faculty members to help us out. Mm -hmm. um, now that you've gone through the program, you, you as you said, you, you worked in the phonetics and phonology class last semester. Um, what do you think some of the advantages are for students who would take coursework here at Salas in the post-bac program? That's a great question because I think with the post-bac program, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, um, the post-bac program really allows you to start your career off with a um, concrete, focused analysis of speech-language pathology. Um, <laughs> From what I understand, it, you're coming in with a lot of the knowledge that you may have had before in different fields, but which is perfect. And that is a perfect way to actually gain a wide variety of skills to apply to speech language pathology. But I think with the with the baccalaureate post baccalaureate program, it it really gives you that concentrated ability to really focus on the profession. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it get, I think it gives you um the advantage as well to really get the feel of what graduate school is also going to be like um so it really gives you that concentrated component where you're learning about speech language pathology you're getting in, you're immersing yourself into the curriculum um but you're also saying like okay this is something that I really want to do um you know, and this is something I really want to pursue at the graduate level, which is also incredibly important. Um, you know, and then some of the other advantages are, you know, from what I understand, 
uh, you go from the baccalaureate to the master's program again, depending on the curriculum and how you're doing. So I think that's also very common too, as, as a professional, especially with everything else going on and the stress that you may feel in your life. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm at one place. I've been accepted to this place. This is my track. This is what I have to follow. And I think as speech pathologists, we like that. And every no, everybody really likes that. But mm -hmm. I think speech pathologists love that because it's like, okay, this is what I'm expected to do. This is a, a clean cut of the classes I need to take. Mm -hmm. One building, one location, um, virtual is an option, like, you know, depending on what, mm -hmm. what the class size looks like and all. Um, taking that into consideration. So I, I, like I said, the concentration of it, the ability to really immerse yourself in the curriculum, immerse yourself into speech language pathology, and just having that, I don't want to minimize it by saying a one-stop shop, but mm -hmm. basically saying that you have, you're, you're able to really focus, take some of the other stressors out off the table mm -hmm. and really just focus on getting your degree and your certification. Yeah, we, we did, um, Thanks, John. We we did model the curriculum in the post-bac program to sort of follow into the master's program. Um, I, the rigor is there to really help you get prepared for graduate school. And um, and I think the, the value added of being in a health sciences uh, institution where we really focus on those foundational science cores across the 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 field of speech pathology allows students to get a sense of the, this is what it's going to be uh, for graduate school. And for those that aren't interested in graduate school, I think it gives them the foundational skills um, and clinical experiences to be successful as SLPAs or speech pathology assistants. Absolutely. Um, I, I think in concluding today's talk, I'm wondering if you might have uh, one bit of advice for a student that that would be interested in entering the program here at Salus. What what would your sort of like inside scoop be? I would say the best inside scoop um, from what I've seen um, and what I've experienced with graduate students um, at Salus University and how they have progressed um, throughout their education is number one, be kind to yourself. Um, you know, I know people that have reached to the expectation of like, I have to do this for speech language pathology. I have to get my master's. I have to get my cert. I have to take these classes. I have to get um, this experience. Be kind to yourself. Everything is going to happen as it should. Everything happens for um, the better, especially when you're already trying to improve yourself and improve yourself. So do be kind to yourself and really, really hone in on what do I have control over right now? And I think with being, I think having, like you said, having that rigor and that um, curriculum that you have to learn and that those skills that you have to learn, that can sometimes be overwhelming. So that, that and that happens even when you do get your master's and your certification. Mm -hmm. So be kind to yourself. The second thing that I would also say is, you know, I, Whenever you're first starting out to in the post back program, um, take it day by day. Not that, not that planning ahead of time isn't a good thing, but take it day by day with anything that you do, especially with graduate school, because um, I think 
that again, just as professionals that work with other people, you know, we really want results. Mm -hmm. And the 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 reality is sometimes you won't necessarily get those results so be patient and kind with yourself and then the third thing is definitely have fun um because i think with the baccalaureate post baccalaureate program this is the t- this is the time to learn more and this is the time to ask questions um now granted when you get your certification and your degree you can ask questions still that's not a problem but this is really the time to get messy and really learn about something and really try out different things and you know even question myself as a professor. Well, why did you say this? Why is this a thing? Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. So have fun, I think is my third thing, because it's just like, you're not going to have that kind of experience in the future, unless if you do go back for some type of, um, you know, some type of other uh, higher level of education after the master's program. But like, you know, you, you, you might not necessarily have as many opportunities. So have have fun, make it fun, make make the learning enjoyable, make the study sessions enjoyable, make the communication enjoyable with the professors because we want to help you, especially at Salus. I haven't been to a place where more professionals really care about their students. Um, not that other places don't, but I'm just saying Salus <laughs> really does, really does a great job with that. So, I mean, that's, those would be the three things that I would really focus in on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I loved working for Salus. I loved the post back program whenever I did it. And I loved the interaction with my students. I was virtual, but I did feel like that was, even more personal because again, it was something that um, it wasn't just that boundary in the classroom. You just talk to me in the classroom. I'm like, email me anytime, mm-hmm. you know, uh, communicate with me anytime. We can have another Zoom meeting. So I was very flexible with that. And I think mm-hmm. that's the big thing you'll find at Salas is um, are the professionals are very flexible. So that'll be good. Sorry to, I went off on another. No, no, it's, it's, um, I, I appreciate your insights because it's, um, I, I think it's, it gives students an opportunity to sort of peek behind the curtains. You know, we have um, really um, interesting graphics and lots of information on the website, but to hear from both sides of the desk, the professor and the students participating in the program and, and what to expect and, and where you can go with this, I think is a really um, important detail detail to add to their investigation of is this right for them and if you you do want more information about our post baccalaureate program i'd love to hear from you um probably the best way to reach me is my email um that's r s e r i a n n i at salus.edu or you can find more information on our website which is www.salus.salus edu. John, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much um, for spending some time with us today and talking about the the post-baccalaureate program and your experiences. I think you're a great example of the faculty and staff that we have here at Salus. As you said, um, we're we're flexible and we're interested and um, we're we're also inquisitive. So we we right. want to hear from you and know more about you. Please reach out. Um, again. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to hearing from from our listeners real soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.